Hey there, my friend, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Struchowski podcast. Before we get into the podcast episode today, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, overwhelmsucks.com. Yes, you did hear that correctly, overwhelmsucks.com. Pick up my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. I know that when you're overwhelmed, the last thing you want to do is read a long report, so I intentionally made this free guide simple to read and most importantly to implement so get your free guide 10 quick ways to conquer overwhelm at overwhelmsucks.com rachel lee is a fearless brand marketing lady boss after receiving her mba from the university of texas austin mccomb school of business she entered the technology industry at microsoft rachel achieved over a Billion impressions in 2017 as the social lead from Microsoft Inspire and won the Speaker Excellence Award in 2018 for her session on modern selling and LinkedIn. Her multi-million dollar brand strategy for Microsoft Partner Network still reaches millions. She's now co-owner and CMO of Standout Authority, helping C-level executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners define their personal brand strategy, create influence, and build human connections online through the power of LinkedIn. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Rachel is having uh, problems with her microphone, not staying in position. So that's why uh, we start out. It's good to start out with a a, a levity, I I think, on any podcast. Always. Absolutely. What happens? Yeah, it does. it. (laughs) It, it, It does. And we were having a conversation before I hit record and I said, you know, this should be on the podcast. I'm just going on and on and on. And one of the things I want to talk to you about, because you said that this is really a hot topic in your world right now, is I had some people in my life who say that, Mark, you're posting three videos a day on TikTok and YouTube shorts, and, and you're on Reels, and you're putting them on LinkedIn, you're putting them on Twitter. And they say, I don't have the time. And my philosophy is if you're not doing something to make money, you're coaching clients or you're serving a client some way you're making money, then you should be creating content to draw people in. So I don't understand my friends who say they don't have time. I'm like, what else are you doing? You watching Netflix? I mean, this is your business. So let's, let's jump off there. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, Listen, we are in the digital revolution and we things are changing really, really fast. We've never moved at such a fast pace with the, the with technology and you know, moving now into web three, we're barely getting a grapple on web two. <laughs> and that pace of change does need to be like noted, right? Because I think for you might be like, oh, there's TikTok and there's this, 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 and you, it's an energy driver and you're ready to test things out. But the reality is like TikTok just came out and be like popped during COVID. Uh, it's social media in and of itself is 20 years old, really Facebook. It's just, so I think like when you have somebody that potentially has been in business many, many years, like this isn't how business used to get done, right? Mm-hmm. It was going with your business card, going to an event or literally cold calling somebody or, you know, email is still very effective, of course, but email used to really drive an even more, you know, larger percentage of conversions and open rates. So, so I always like to say that because I'm really sensitive after working at Gartner for a long time, after working at, you know, Microsoft and when, you know, we become very spoiled, especially here in the United States and for all of us just 
on the capabilities that we have at our fingertips. Do you know what I mean with the I with do. phones? And so, but all that to be said, I also I think most importantly, when I look at content creation, it is a piece of our business and marketing strategy. Like ultimately, I'm a brand marketing lady boss. I am trained. I have an MBA. I worked at big corporations. I've worked in the agency side. And now I own my own business, which is a boutique marketing agency focused on LinkedIn and personal branding. And so we all don't have that much time in the day, Mark. And if you are that solopreneur listening right now or a small business owner, which you tell me, I think that is a lot of your audience potentially. Mm-hmm. We only have so many things that we can do in one day. And so my advice is never to go on to TikTok and Instagram and YouTube shorts and all of that. That would never be my advice to anybody. Because one, I don't know what your business goal is. I don't know who your audience is. I don't know where they're at. And I don't know what's driving your energy and what your capabilities are. So it's really important as we think about before we start to execute content is to really take a step back and be clear on what are our business goals. So if we are trying to attract new clients, what do those clients look like? What are their sociographic information, psychographic? Where do they go? Because you want to fish in the pond where they're at. So if you go on to TikTok, but your audience isn't there, why are you spending your time there? And you kind of said this to me too while we were... right. You want to go where you know your audience is, Mm -hmm. but you also need to be really clear on who your audience is. And then think about, okay, where I know where they're at, which I know my audience is on LinkedIn. It's not to say that they're not on TikTok. It's not to say that they're not on Instagram. I work with high-powered executives and in a very, very professional way. And that's most definitely on LinkedIn. And that kind of conversation is happening on LinkedIn, a much more thoughtful thought leadership conversation. So I know that I need to be posting there. And that's my priority every day, Mark. If I have I have X amount of time, I have I have help with with creating some of my content. I make sure I am getting out three to five posts every single week on LinkedIn. If I then can take it and make it into a reel or something else, great. But I make sure that I'm I'm where my audience is, is and where my leads ultimately are coming from. So I'll just take a pause there. I think that that's a really important piece before we start to think about. Should I, and I hate the freaking shoulds, should I be doing it? <laughs> Start with the most pivotal and most important pieces of branding and marketing sales. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. And listeners of the show know I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. Here's what I do. I have content creation days and usually it's on a weekend and I'll create a whole bunch of shorts. Shorts are the hottest form of content right now. And I take the same short and it's captioned on a third-party app and I put that on TikTok. And I put it on YouTube shorts and I put it on reels and I put it on, uh, on LinkedIn, but I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. I'm not an endless scroller. I got better things to do. <laughs> and the reason why I do that, because I'm already creating the video once it doesn't take that long to post it other places. Sometimes yeah. I get engagement. Sometimes I don't, but my philosophy is I want to be everywhere because I don't know where my audience is now. I say that with air quotes if you're listening to the audio podcast. I know where my audience is, but I do know that TikTok is so hot right now. There are people on TikTok I've never thought would be on TikTok. I mean, my goodness, it's insane. And TikTok has changed the game. In other words, we are no one watches horizontal videos anymore. We're all vertical, and that's how we hold our phones. 
And I recently heard that Twitter is going to start rolling out where you can watch vertical videos instead of like the horizontal. LinkedIn does the same thing. Everyone's switching to vertical. Everyone's searching to mobile first because that's the way of the world. Now, if you are a solopreneur or an entrepreneur and you've got a lot of plates in the air, I'm not saying you should spend eight hours on TikTok and Instagram reels and YouTube shorts. I prioritize my day because I'm Mr. Productivity. I make sure I have the allocation so I can get the stuff done and get it pushed out. But my number one emphasis is to get clients in, prospects in. I'm not spending all day. I don't want people to think that I'm spending all my time on social media because that's not the truth. What I'm doing is I already have a video. I might as well push it out every place. And sometimes videos hit, sometimes they don't. I'm not chasing likes or the algorithm. I'm trying to catch the right people who actually need my help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, repurposing content is the name of the game, mm-hmm. first and foremost. <laughs> like, yes. Absolutely. And I think that you're doing that smartly based off of how much time that you have. You know, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube Shorts are our video, you know, first sort of platforms now. LinkedIn is not. LinkedIn's not there yet, right? Where honestly, some of my best performing posts are just simple graphics. Simple graphics still by far get me the most impressions and engagement more than videos. That's for me personally. I do think as I am part of the LinkedIn Creator Program, um, there are rumors that a real like feature will be coming out over the next, I don't know, year, let's call it. So we'll see how that changes in the algorithm. It's always interesting as new features come out. But the, I think the the real message here, Mark, is... I see what you did there. You said real message. I caught that. <laughs> Probably no one else did. <laughs> I did not mean to do that, but hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think the message here is content is a really, you know, really critical piece of attracting attracting customers in, in today's world. And so putting yourself out there based off of what you feel like doing, what you have time to do and where is absolutely critical. Don't be saying you have no leads or you don't know and because because you're calling cold calling people, right? Or sending out these emails out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, well then you really have no idea what you're doing in today's world. Well, I believe I did a video on this not too long ago, Pareto's principles alive and well. I believe when it comes to social media, 80% are trying to figure it out. 20% haven't figured out to some sense. And if you don't have it figured out, that's okay. That's where learning comes. You listen to this podcast, you listen to Rachel, maybe you go to Rachel's profile or Rachel's website, which she'll tell you how to do that at the end of the show. So there's no excuse for staying in the 80% because the knowledge is out there. That's why I wanted to have Rachel on the show today to give you some insights on how you can get leads, how you can win on social media, how you can win business. Because the one of the most frustrating things I hear from people is I don't know how to do it. I'm like, that's no excuse in the year 2022. Zero excuse. Yeah. There is uh, so much how to. There's so many courses. There's so many experts in every single thing under the sun that, yeah, if you you want to learn something and you're feeling like you're, something's not happening for your business, there really are no excuses. That's how I started this podcast in spring of 2017. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say, the future is voice and audio. And I went to Google and typed in, how do I start a podcast? And now here I am. I don't know what I got, like 1200 episodes, almost five and a half years into this thing. And I just, I just started learning. And so if you want to learn LinkedIn, if you want to learn TikTok or Instagram, just go to Google and type in, how do I learn dot, dot, dot. 
And believe me, the information's out there. So you can no longer use an excuse. I don't know how. Now it comes down to, I don't know, laziness, mindset, fear. I don't know what the reason is. But if you want to succeed in life in this day and age, there's absolutely no excuse. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about, about LinkedIn. So I have a love-hate relationship with LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is so discombobulated, I, I you know, because <laughs> TikTok is video. Instagram is also discombobulated. Are they stories? Are they pictures? Are they video? Are they carousels? Are they live? It's confusing. Facebook's confusing. TikTok is straight as an arrow. My favorite platform is Snapchat. They know what they're doing. I think LinkedIn is so powerful, but the problem is they they seem kind of scattered. And I've had a lot, if you've listened to the show at all, you know, I've had a lot of LinkedIn experts on the show and most of them are like, yeah, you know, like LinkedIn Live drives me crazy because it's not in-app. So if I met Rachel at the conference, I can't pull up my iPhone and go live on LinkedIn. I can go live on Instagram. I can go live on Facebook, on TikTok and YouTube if I have a thousand followers. Now they have LinkedIn audio, but the last I heard is you can't record it and repurpose it for a podcast. So it's like they kind of like half-baked the cookies and then took them out of the oven. So this is the frustration I have. I think the potential's there. Obviously, Gary Vaynerchuk loves LinkedIn because it's it's underpriced attention there. So let's talk a little bit about why you love LinkedIn and maybe you can share with us. We won't tell anybody. What are some of the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Some of the things that LinkedIn doesn't do well. Doesn't do well. Right. Does and doesn't or just doesn't? We could do both. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You know, I think what's really interesting, because uh, I was at Microsoft and I started right around the time the official acquisition of LinkedIn happened. And so I was really keen to see how that integration would happen across Microsoft. And it and it happened organically through product and in, in a multitude of ways, as we've seen, right? Where you're writing your own word and you can use LinkedIn to get resume help. You can be in your Microsoft account and then it links your LinkedIn contacts, right? As long as those email addresses. So there's some really interesting product integrations there. And I say that because LinkedIn is actually a product company. It's not a social media company. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And so I think that people are like, like LinkedIn was actually founded to be a recruiting, like that's their main product, mm -hmm. which, you know, drives probably at least 50% of the revenue is their recruiting oh, really? product, product, which means companies, recruiters are using this incredible tool that they have of 800 plus million people in the workforce to find them, recruit them, right? So, and they have a, a whole tool set against that, the recruiter tool. They also, so a few years back, acquired Linda, if you remember Linda, yep. to create LinkedIn learning. So they have a huge learning capability. So when you talk about there's no excuse to like not learn anything, you can go onto LinkedIn and learn anything. Now that learning is part of the subscriptions, right? Cause they have their, they have a few different levels, right? You're either premium right. and you're going to get access to, to different levels. Their other tool is sales. Their sales tool, Sales Navigator, which is a really critical tool that we use here at Standout Authority to help us find our prospects, find the audience we want to go after and create really targeted, smart conversations. It's an incredible, incredible CRM lead prospecting tool that it is all paid for, right? All of these are paid for and a big percentage of that is through enterprise. You know, the last piece of business with Mar um, with LinkedIn is their marketing business, which has really skyrocketed over the last five years or so. 
but the marketing side of the house is advertising. So you weren't able to advertise on LinkedIn until really a few years ago. I mean, really, it started to pick up, right? Where you have sponsored ads and that, and you advertise through a company page, through your company page. It's pretty expensive in comparison to, you know, Facebook and other tools, TikTok even. So I say, I say all this because if you compare TikTok, how, how is TikTok making their money? We don't really know. They're just starting to make money through advertising. How does Meta make their money? Advertising. Oh, I hate that word. Oh. Right. <laughs> I just don't like that word. <laughs> advertising, even yeah. though they have a, a major cloud platform, right? And so I think that that's really, really important when we say like, I don't get LinkedIn. Well, yeah, you don't get it because this is a really sophisticated um, technology platform that is using an incredible amount of data to help businesses attract talent, market to people, teach them through learning, right? And, and helping sales teams. So... I have a very different perspective on the power of the tool and personally have used many of the different offerings that they have and have worked directly with the LinkedIn team. You know, all of that to be said, what we've seen happen with LinkedIn over the last year and a half or so is a tremendous new effort towards the creator economy. You might say they're late to the game. I would absolutely agree with you, but they're in the game now. Mm-hmm. Over the last few years, we've seen multiple changes to the LinkedIn feed, right? The fact that there's a feed, the fact that we have emojis, the fact that we can react in different ways, the fact that we do have audio and we do have live and we do have newsletters. These are all major efforts that LinkedIn has made to make it a more social media friendly platform and make it for creators. The LinkedIn creator team and, and creator mode and all that is only like a year and a half old. You know, they just released the second class in the, in the US for the LinkedIn creator accelerator program. This, this specific class of a hundred has a hundred people that are in, in technology and innovation. They get a grant from the LinkedIn creator team upward up to $15,000 and work directly for about eight weeks or so with the creator team to really, and the creator program is working with innovators to, to help them bring their voice to market with some cash. And you know, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Et cetera, et cetera, also have these accelerator and creator focused programs, right? To put more, ha- to put more real dollars into the hands of creators, not just take our money, not just take our um, IP, our creation and make money off of us through advertising. So context matters. <laughs> I think context really, really matters. And I, that's why. That's why I have a really different perspective, Mark, on, on it. Now, listen, I think that... Th- so what I just told you is all the stuff that I believe LinkedIn does offer. And the most important piece of LinkedIn is that this is a platform that is 800 plus million people with a goal of having over a billion. So if you look at Facebook, right, which is about 2 billion, I think. No, I haven't looked at the recent numbers. But just imagine like all that many people over a billion soon will be on LinkedIn. And these are people in the workforce. So somebody's creating a profile and identifying what company they're at, where they've worked, what education they've had, what skills they have, on and on and on. Very different profile than what you're going to see on an Instagram or what you're going to see on a Facebook or what you're going to see on a TikTok, which is very little information. You know, Facebook probably is the second most amount of information, LinkedIn. 
I think that's really powerful. I think that's really powerful when you think about um, opportunity to drive your business forward because it's not just about like, what are you posting in the videos? It's who do you have access to now to be a potential client, customer, whatever the case is. Those relationships are the most probable and powerful on LinkedIn. Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at overwhelmsucks.com. Yeah, you don't have to convince me, but I think you convinced some people who are listening to this episode of The Power of LinkedIn. Something that I have learned because I have some younger daughters. One of my daughters is 25. She's entering the wonderful world of teaching. And at her school, none of her colleagues, they're between 23 and 25. None of them are on LinkedIn. None of them have a desire to be on LinkedIn. It's not, we're not talking like one or two people. We're talking like a whole class. And I'm like, okay, this is a major university. Well, I think it's a major university. And and I'm wondering how prevalent that is for the new generation coming up. I mean, I get it. I'm 57 years young. I get yeah. it. But the younger generation, they don't get LinkedIn because Are they you grew talking up Gen in, Z or Gen Alpha. Well, she's 25. So that would so be Gen Z. Yeah, okay. Now, LinkedIn, um, I think it's 30, at, at least 40% is a uh, is Gen Z. So the fact that she's not on it is astounding actually to me that to me is bad education because I I support here at UT McCombs and like all of the professors right are in a career are making sure. So to me there's a little bit of a gap of an education there, but you're right in the you're right that not enough Gen Z is taking the platform seriously. Even if they have a profile, it's probably a pretty crappy profile and they're really not leveraging it. So you're right that we have a major gap there, right? Because what's happened is we have we have this generation of Gen Z that is quite fascinating because they've never grown up without a freaking phone or tablet or something in their hand, right? Yeah. They're growing up at 10 years old being on Instagram. They don't even know a world without this. And so that to me is a we we've never faced this. It, it is a totally new situation that it's not a LinkedIn thing. This is like, what are we doing here with our generations when you grow up? on just watching a bunch of videos on TikTok and Instagram, yeah, you're not going to think that LinkedIn is serious. So there's an education piece of that, right? And the truth is you're not really focused on LinkedIn until you want a job. And you ain't getting really a job from TikTok or Instagram that I know of. And again, I still support at least the students here at UT Austin. So I don't speak completely... Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I try to stay really in touch with what's going on, at least in higher education, right? And how they're getting recruited into jobs, not every single person. So I I mean, I think we as millennials, truly millennials at this, at this point, because millennials are starting to now do a lot of the hiring, right? In companies, because we are now starting to get in the leader leadership positions. We 
have to do a better job at really educating the younger generation that LinkedIn is the only professional platform. And when it comes to getting recruited, this is the only platform that you're taken seriously on. It's interesting. I, like I said earlier, I understand the power of LinkedIn. I understand that there's attention everywhere, but I think it goes back to something you said earlier. Yeah. Like when I tell people, when they ask me how I should plan their days, I said, you're missing a couple components. First, you got to start with your why, which feeds your goals, which feeds your plan. Because if you don't have goals and a why, well, if you don't have goals, what do you put in your calendar? You can't have goals unless you know your why. Same thing. I mean, it doesn't matter what platform you're on if you don't know what your goals in life are. What, what are you here for? And I and you did say that earlier in the episode. Take a step back. Stop. Take a step back and just go someplace quiet. Maybe be off your phone and just just get a piece of paper, an old fashioned notebook and a, p- a pen and just just brainstorm whatever comes to the top of your head. Because I think so many people are thinking, oh, the magic to my success is TikTok or LinkedIn or Instagram. No, that's they're tools. Like you said, LinkedIn's a tool. You know, my phone is a tool. Zoom is a tool. But they are only if I need to screw a screw into a, uh, a wall, well, hammer will work. <laughs> but it won't be as effective. So you got to get the right tool, but you got to understand why you're doing what you're doing so you know what tool to use. Does that make sense? Oh, I mean, I couldn't agree more with you on that piece. Social media absolutely is a tool. It is not it, it you know, but but at the same time, we do have a generation of successful YouTubers making multi-million dollars. We have the creator economy, which I'm going to do a post on this, some of the recent data, the actual creators, how much they're making is like maybe less than 50 grand a year. It's not like on average, and there are several million, there's about 50 million real creators out there. They're, They're making that much money to survive on. So to your, you know, back to what you're saying, it's like, even if you're like, okay, I'm an Instagram influencer, I'm a TikTok influencer, you are going to be capped at a certain amount of income level right now. And I don't see that changing. You know why I don't see that changing? Because these platforms want your data and your money. They don't want to pay you. They're starting to allow for tips. They're starting to allow for things, but they want your money. They need your money. Mm-hmm. So the more our our Gen Z and Gen Alpha can really realize, just like you in his 50s, me and my 30s, that these are tools. They're a part of how we grow our audience and grow our awareness so that we can do our actual work, our gift, our service to this world that there always should be some sort of offer on the other side of that. A video is not the offer. What is the offer? What is going to monetize? What's going to make money for you? What is it? If you're working for somebody else, they've figured out some sort of product, productization of it, right? Which is very helpful, especially if you're younger. And then if you are your own business, right? You have an offer. There's something, one-on-one services, there's a product, there's a course, there's something, right? That reel is not going to drive that every single time. Yeah, that's why I don't understand when people say, I can help you go viral. Uh, That doesn't make me money. 
maybe I'll get some monetization from the platform. Yeah. I want client. I don't want to go viral. I had a guest on my show a couple weeks ago just last week. He's actually from Austin. He is the an acupuncturist out of Austin. He's got a million followers on TikTok. He doesn't dance. He doesn't do any trending things. He just gives tips. And then people go to his profile and then he drive to his location in Austin. He's providing value. He uses TikTok as a tool. My Marketing favorite plan- tool. Yes. My favorite platform is my podcast. Why? Because I own it. Yeah. Because TikTok could go out of business. TikTok could be banned in America tomorrow. If you're relying on TikTok, what happens? Did you know in China, the only social media platform, and I know you don't call LinkedIn a social media platform that's available, is LinkedIn. No Facebook, no Instagram. The Chinese version of TikTok's in China. But people just, they rely too much on a certain tool. Like if you're just on LinkedIn, well, if that's where you're getting your leads and your quality prospects, that's great. But I, I don't think you should ignore the other platforms. Maybe you should spend some time learning and see, hey, maybe some of my clients are on there. Maybe they're not. But just to turn a blind eye, I think it's to make a mistake because I don't think there's one perfect tool. I mean, some people say just a hammer, hammer will solve all the problems, but I, I don't think that's the case. I love my platform of the podcast because I own it. I'm on full creative control. I don't have to worry about people censoring it, but it's yeah. just a tool, just like social media is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't own the data, own the information, somebody else does, you are being used. And so I, you know, and I think that's where email, when people are like, is email dead and whatnot? It is not, it is not at all. Getting somebody's email and their phone number ideally is, and of course, like their address, right? The most amount of information you can get on your users that you have inside your systems that's the best thing that you can possibly do because you own that information, which is why we make um, getting emails a, a major priority. And even with your podcast, you own that, right? How are you using the podcast to get those emails, right? To get the actual information from somebody. Because if I just get your Facebook account, Facebook's got you. You're going to need Facebook to access Rachel. And that's just such an important piece. And you know, Mark, you know, we don't have, we haven't talked much about this and probably aren't going to have time, but like with, with the evolution of the internet that's happening with web three, which we are starting to move into web three world. And in the next 10 years, you, you might, you hopefully you don't realize you're in a web three world, right? But web three is all about blockchain technology and ultimately more and more decentralization so that you get to own your own data. I'm signing in with my unique identifier. Nobody else owns that identifier. I own my identifier, right? And that's giving me a one-on-one relationship with really anybody and anything that I want to. And so as as we start to see that happen, which we're really just at the tip of the iceberg, this interesting conversation here around what you own becomes even more complex in many ways, but very invigorating because we got to really create the community and be in touch with people and have that full ownership or as mo- most best ownership as we you know imagine possible. So it's a really interesting time. I think our big lessons coming in, you know, if, if, if I was listening today, 
content and putting yourself out there is absolutely essential today in 2022 and then for for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. unless like all of a sudden the internet stops working which would which would mean we're in a, a whole hell of a worse situation <laughs> than you know what i mean than like we things are going bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> but to be smart, you know, like testing different platforms like you're talking about and and being really cognizant of what do I own and what other people own, like no matter any platform you're using, those are still platforms that you're the user. And so love the idea of that podcast, love the idea of people getting email addresses, right? Doing your best to really take ownership of your audience is a huge, huge piece of any sort of small business owner, any sort of creator right now. Well, I got a couple notes here because I didn't want to interrupt you because you were on a roll and I did not want to stop your train of thought. So first of all, anyone listens to the Mark Stuchowski podcast knows in the beginning, I have a pre-roll that right before Rachel's introduction talked about how to get my lead magnet in the middle of the show. It's a 10 second drop that says, hey, go get my lead magnet. At the end, there's another call to action. So I'm giving you calls to action to go back to my website. Number two. One of the things I, I, I can't believe it took me this long to figure this out because I use HubSpot for my CRM and I realized they had all these email addresses and my Gmail account. So one day I exported them, no, imported them all in the CRM and I started, I created this email, which was value. It wasn't asking for anything. And I started emailing all these people one at a time. They were not added to a list. Now, about half the emails, they bounce because they're old email addresses. But about 25% of them went to my website and signed up for my email list just because I sent them an email with value. Wouldn't say, hey, I got your email address. Hire me as a coach. It's like, here's some value for you. And it's amazing how none, maybe one or two of those people out of all the email addresses told me, stop emailing them. A lot of people, maybe the first time I emailed them, I email them once a month, sometimes six times. And all of a sudden I notice, oh, wow, they're on my list now. Serve the people with value first. Third thing, this is a question for you. I do know, I've done a lot of studying about the blockchain and because the blockchain's here to stay, it ain't going nowhere. I'm wondering, now we have a lot of censorship in 2020, 2021, 2022, I wonder when the first social media blockchain is going to come up, which means no one can censor anyone because they'll be on everyone's computer. Do you think in maybe the next 5, 10, 15 years, we will have a truly social media platform that is completely on the blockchain that is completely free of censorship? You know, I don't think for a comp like to for companies that create products which is what we need, right? There's going to be a huge change in Web3 and new products and businesses. And then the current companies are already starting to create different, right? Like they're doing a bunch of R&D and doing lots of like prototyping inside, right? I think that to have real longevity and opportunity for a company like to create a social media platform it's going to be challenging to be fully decentralized and to fully not have censorship. I just, that I think, I don't know if I personally want a world like that. There's a lot of dark web, even today for Mm -hmm. the, right. There's a lot of that stuff happening now. And it's kind of icky if you ask me, but that's also my perspective, right? Everybody has their own 
lens that they're seeing. I think for like the sake of like the world, our world in peace, what I believe to be true about blockchain and Web3 and where I, I get very excited about it is for what it can do to really democratize so many things that are not available to marginalized people, to third world countries, when it comes to our banking systems, when it comes to healthcare, investing, financing, right? You know, there are people that can't get bank accounts. There are people that can't get their health record. Like all of those kind of things, I'm really excited about that so that we can make our lives better. To me, like a social media platform where a bunch of people can say a bunch of stuff and get and not really take responsibility if and it's if it's going to make the world worse, which I believe something like that, given what I can see today in the world we live in with the companies we have available right now, I don't have a lot of trust in a social media that's completely decentralized. I think there's cool things that take that idea though, like DAOs, right? So the decentralized, um, you know, more like the autonomous organizations for people that aren't very familiar. I think that those that are run a lot of times on discords, which are semi, you know, decentralized, I think stuff like that is really interesting where there's communities, people selecting into the communities and efforts that they're really passionate about. And together as a community, creating the project, the roadmap, the product, the service that they want to see. That is, I think that is really exciting. And I think that is going to happen a lot more than just like this massive sort of social media platform. But I have no freaking idea. I am by no means an expert. So your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) I could be way off and we could check back in a few years. (laughs) I just want to know your thoughts on it. This has been a fascinating conversation. The blockchain, the whole thing on the blockchain is, is going to be exciting. My, my cousin and I have a podcast. We call the two bald nerds podcast and we just talk (laughs) about nerdy stuff. And we've talked about the blockchain and in a couple of weeks from now, we we go back and forth on the topics and in a couple of weeks, I'm going to actually talk about NFTs because you can say, Oh, NFTs a scam. It's not real. But what I'm using the podcast with my cousin is, is I come up with a nerdy topic I want to learn about. I learn about it and I make a podcast episode out because if I want to learn about it, probably someone else out there. So it's pretty interesting. Well, I, I, this is a great conversation we had and I know people are going to want to know more about you and they're going to want to know where is Rachel? Where can I find Rachel? Probably LinkedIn, but we'll get the details in just a second. <laughs> uh, your website, all this stuff. This is the point of the podcast. You can tell us all this stuff. So where in the world can we find Rachel? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me today. We, I would love for you to go to standoutauthority.com. That's my company, standoutauthority.com. You can get some information about us. And when you do go on there, we do have a seven tips to creating content that you can download for free. And so that's a great place to start. I personally am most of the time on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and then Facebook. Those are kind of my four. I put my first video on TikTok, but really just taking another video and scraping the date, you know, but so the Rachel V. Lee is how you can find me across any of those platforms and love to hear from you. So thank you. Excellent. Rachel, I really appreciate you being here. I know the listener appreciates you being here because I don't like to have yes guests who always agree everything I say, I, you know, we didn't agree on everything and that's okay. That's, that's what we have conversations. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really appreciate your time and attention. Before you go, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to this podcast in your podcast player of choice, would you do that right now? This way, every time a new episode comes out, you will be informed. Second thing is, while you are subscribing, please consider leading a rating and a review this helps the podcast get discovered and the third thing i know i'm asking a lot of you the third thing is if you know of someone who can use this episode right now why don't you just share it with them every podcast player that i'm aware of makes it really easy to share an episode so if you're thinking of a family a colleague a neighbor a friend who needs to hear this episode go ahead and hit that share button and send this podcast to them right away so i can help them like i I helped you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back real soon with a brand new episode.